Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from Seven Sisters Homeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm here with Vicki and Marilyn. And we're going to talk about all things Homeschool High School. And today we are continuing our series on writing for high schoolers. And we're going to do a very um, different type of writing that some homeschoolers never even dabble in. But they should. Oh, they should. Stuff. Yes, they should. Yes, we're talking about poetry today. So you start seeing eyes rolling. And, <laughs> like, Don't turn off the podcast. You're going to like this one. It's cool. It's good stuff. Yeah, we had I had a cool poetry experience at a Bible study, actually, at my church um, a couple of weeks ago. We had you a fairly... grown-ups? Grown-ups. Grown-ups around tables in a room. And there were a bunch of us all studying the same passage, but it was kind of like a guided study, and our teacher was um, having us approach the same passage, but using different ways of thinking about it. And so this table was assigned to do this, and this table was assigned to do that. Did anybody have to do interpretive dance? You know, we didn't have interpretive dance that particular day, but I think that's a good idea for the future. (laughs) (laughs) And we got to the last table, and he assigned them to write a haiku that captured the um, essence of the passage. And they went, I'm sorry, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What? (laughs) And um, yeah, so they managed to do it. They came up with a lovely little haiku. And... um, Later, we talked about how it it was really cool to have to make yourself think about the passage in a very different way. How can I grab the essence of it in a nugget that I could carry away with me, fewest syllables possible, you know, that that would grab it. Um, So, yeah, so poetry for life. Let's do it. Indeed. All right. So we can tell you the um, way not to do it, like Marilyn and I... (laughs) We're co-oping with our kids, like, I don't know how many years ago it was, and we had a good friend who got her bachelor's in poetry, right? Right. Might even have been a master's. I think you're right. I think she had a master's in poetry. Uh, I didn't even know that existed. That's a lot of poetry. Yeah, (laughs) poetry. And and she'd studied in Ireland, you know, if you're Irish, you got to do poetry, and so she just oozed poetry, and we thought this is the perfect person to come teach our kids to love poetry. But she did. She was so intense that some of them probably have not looked at poetry since. But they really, really knew their stuff, and I know that it. At least my um, one of my sons was able to answer questions when he got to college that nobody else in the class even could touch. So he sounded very, very intelligent, but any love of poetry had been drained out by the analysis, 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 and uh, it was Right, so when he was the only one who could answer that this particular poem was a ballad, I wanted to say, and did you tell her you were homeschooled so that they would know that we actually taught something? Validation. We need that validation. (laughs) All right, so Vicki, you have loved um, writing poetry and reading poetry and helping kids to appreciate poetry and to write it for themselves for many years, and you have three levels now yes introductory intermediate and advanced poetry writing guides right schoolers and then we've got beta out there so hopefully it will come soon of world poetry so um british well we've got some british we have british poetry as a literature study guide and cats 
And then, yeah, yep, yeah, Old Possum's Book British. of Cats from so, Thomas Elliot. Yeah. Those are lit study guides. Yeah. yeah. And World. So it's a reading, writing, poetry combination. But anyway, right. yeah, serious yeah. poetry at sevensistershomeschool.com. Yeah. That's right. Um, okay, so I, I'm going to grill you a little bit on this. So what are your opinions from having done this with teens for years? How do you balance that whole, you need to learn to analyze it, you need to learn about the structure, what makes a ballad a ballad, mm-hmm. but you need to not kill it either. So how do you how do you tackle that? Right. Well, you know, one of the, the philosophies we have had at Seven Sisters is that we don't want to kill the subject. You know, we want our kids to come away at least not traumatized. <laughs> That's a good goal. Yeah, so, yeah the Hippocratic Oath, don't do any harm. Right. So. Curriculum that does not traumatize. Yeah. So, I like it. So it doesn't mean that, that kids have to, you know, turn into career poets, but we wanted them to love poetry enough that they can notice it, read it, and, and write some fun <laughs> stuff, you know, where they need to, to write that. So sometimes they have to write it in college, mm-hmm. not always, according to what teacher you land on. And depending on who they marry, they may be expected to write it in a, you know, an anniversary card or it's, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but my husband who is definitely not a poet, but every once in a while he'll churn out a poem and it's really stinking adorable. <laughs> and so every year coming into Christmas, my birthday, he'll say, what would you like? And I say, I want you to write me a poem. And he's like, no, stop with the poems. But when he'll actually do it, it's so it's so delightful because it's a really different way of communicating. So it can even just be a good yeah. personal skill. So I tell the kids that back in the old days, everybody knew poetry. It was part of education. All kids memorized lots and lots of poetry. Right. You didn't escape it. They're at you know in the classical models of education. They still lean very heavily in poetry memorization, and I have had the honor of judging some some competitions that the classical schools have. It's just considered discipline of the thoughts Mm. and the emotions and the words, because poetry is not just a, you know, oh, geeky, let's do pretty words, but it's it's a a word discipline. Mm -hmm. So people will write poetry out of their souls, but they will also write it as, there's a set of rules about a sonnet. And I'm going to crank out a sonnet. And you know, the old poets would do that. Is they would say, okay, all right, I haven't written an ode lately. Like you'd practice piano, so let me practice right. odes. And, you know, turn out a different kind of poem just as a discipline. And they could capture then their, their words. You know, they can, poetry is about using words in the most succinct and powerful and beautiful way that you can. That's a great analogy, and I'm not sure I've really heard people say that before, but that it is similar to disciplining yourself as a musician. We, we understand the importance of practicing scales and going back and playing particular mm-hmm. passages again and again and again to find the different nuances, and, and we see it in, in musicianship, and I don't think we think about it that often mm-hmm. in the use of words. Right. My son, who's a music major, has to not only do a lot of practice, like logging hours and practice, but he also has to log hours in listening. And so that his ear is tuned into what good music is and to recognize, oh, this is Debussy and this is Bach and, you know, things like that. And, you know, good, good poets who concentrate a lot will also just read for developing that skill. But that didn't mean our high schoolers need to do that. Sure. Because if we start them out like our friends, <laughs> it's like, well, they may have some skill, but they will not love. 
And so we, we try to start them out with fun. Okay, so what are some fun ways to start a kid out writing some poetry as a tween or a teen um, that will foster a love for it? So our kids, we can remember them yeah. sitting around co-op. I think what we have done recently with the kids, because it um, obviously our emphasis has been on essays and research paper and then poet and even some short story writing, and then we throw the poetry in there when we have breaks from the other things. Um, so some of the easy ones for the beginners to do are things like haiku and diamante and just various shape poems because even a non-word geek can understand that, hey, I, I wrote a poem about a tree that looks like a tree. They get it. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are, are things that have simple rules. And if you take out the, like, oh, I have to be good at this, the perfection paralysis, like I have to be a natural poet, but no, I'm going to learn how to use words this way. So, you know, learn to, to practice opposites. All teens know opposites, so write a diamante with opposite words. Or write a haiku that talks about a tree that looks like a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so what if mom feels clueless about poetry but wants to introduce kids to it? Marilyn doesn't know anything about it. You're not clueless about poetry, but you're not a natural poetry I am lover. Not, I am not a natural poetry lover unless you put it to music and call it a song. So it's interesting poetry, <laughs> right? Song yeah. lyrics. We, most of us do love song lyrics, and we don't think about the fact that that's that's poetry. Yeah. And any of us who've had a song stuck in our head knows that we can <laughs> memorize poetry. Right. Right. So what did you do with your kids? Because they did all get introduced well, to poetry. Most of my kids either took a class with someone else or we had a co-op and I just avoided that part totally. I have done some editing for a friend who wrote a lot of poetry and wanted to put hers into a book. But even in our class that Allison and I teach together, we throw in a little bit of poetry and I use the curriculum that we have and follow the rules because I can read the rules and follow the rules myself. So yeah, that's, that's part of the beauty of not just going it alone and thinking that you're supposed to come up with everything that your kid needs to learn in homeschool, but to, to cooperate with other people and to hook your student up with somebody who does love it, if you don't. Yeah, and so you think about it, for a teen who has no experience writing poetry because a lot of curriculum in the younger grades these days, the, the education ideas, if it's not relevant, you don't do it, so a lot mm-hmm. of them haven't experienced much poetry so they and a lot of them have never written a poem so you introduce them little things like that and you don't throw poetry analysis in heavy duty ways at them like you ease them in so in our psych class we would call that successive approximation if you get them in little step-by-step baby steps you know they will start to be unintimidated by poetry and then you get enough analysis in by the time they graduate that when they go to college, they go, oh, I know what that is. Uh-huh. But they don't have to become super-duper experts in analysis and kill the love That's of poetry. Right. Probably you've been reading poetry to your students anyway because a lot of children's books are written in right. rhyme. I mean, we've all read Dr. Seuss. Oh, yes. I remember as a elementary student loving a book of limericks. They were st- Totally nonsense, but <laughs> yeah. they were but fun. They were fun. Right. Yeah, so why take the fun out of it? 
that there is good good times to be had with poetry. Right. So one thing that I know we've seen with our kids, whether we loved poetry and we're naturally writing it ourselves or not, is the way that you present poetry and share it makes a world of difference. I mean, if you have heard someone read a poem very badly aloud, <laughs> it's it's brutal, right? Yeah. You know? and, and some of our kids um, that I have seen take a stab at writing some poetry, then are they, they don't want to read it aloud. Mm-hmm. They're very intimidated by that and it feels too vulnerable or it feels stupid or whatever. But if, if we can help them understand the importance of how a poem is presented, how it sounds and how it's read, that actually the poet is almost always going to be the best because you know why you chose each of those words and it is intentional and it, it is like you were saying, your soul comes out, you know, mm-hmm. in a poem. Um, so finding people who, who read poems very well and exposing our kids to good delivery of poems rather than just dryly word, 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 word off the page, you know. It so, can sell them on it. It's the joy right. of YouTube. Oh, yeah. Is you can get all these famous actors like Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, reading poetry. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. So I have a bunch of those on my Pinterest poetry board. So I'll put the link in Good. the show note. Yeah, when I um, was first working on the Lit Study Guide for T.S. Eliot's Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, I found an audio book reading it was just the audio, but it was on YouTube, and uh-huh. it just had various, I don't know, graphics running. But it was Sir John Gilgood reading oh, Practical Cats. Oh, how wonderful. And, oh, my goodness. It was so good. I don't know if it's still up or not. Um, but I just listened to it over and over because oh, yeah. it was just, oh, it was delightful. So hearing somebody who really loves what they're reading and presents it beautifully can can help yeah. a kid kind of sit up and go, oh, that's cool, you know? So Some of our kids have gotten into it enough that they've done poetry out loud mm-hmm. or done some in our local um, speech team have done some poetry competitions. When I was um, helping judge at our local ACSI regional speech meet, uh, got to do some poetry judging there. And every year I would judge with a lady named Molly who brought her school down from inner city in um, New Jersey, and mostly kids who were from underprivileged and immigrant families. And she said she had them memorize poetry to increase their vocabulary so that they would be college competitive. Cool. Yeah, there's, there's, it's not just that more words are used in poems, but words are used so differently. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you get all those shades of meaning. Yeah, so you learn idiom, and you learn connotations, and mm-hmm. yeah, and just new words sometimes. Good stuff. All right, so should we require poetry writing for our homeschool, high school? I mean, what? So some kids are just going to be like, I can't write a poem. I, sh- should, we, should we make them? Ooh, that's a hard question. They can all write some of the basic poems. I mean... Some of them have rules. I think some of our students really have that white paper syndrome if you just say write a poem. But if you give them a, you need to write a poem, here's the format, maybe even give them a topic. Mm. And they can do it. So that might be an empowering thing to just, even though I don't think I can do this, I'm going to follow these steps. And hey, look, you know what? I actually did it. And our kids' umbrella school required creative writing as one of their papers. So, you know, poetry and or short stories. 
and that helped them develop the skills of reading and writing poetry. So in my opinion, I think they should be required, but there's not one right way to homeschool. That's right. There is most definitely not. And so there's not one right way to answer the question of whether or not your kids should be required <laughs> to write poetry. But I think all of us here would encourage you to explore poetry somehow yes. with your teens because um, it's, it's a different way of thinking about words and using words. And uh, being able to use words well is a life skill, not just an academic skill. So um, is that everything on our list? Let me see. Oh, no. And here's the last thing. And, and Marilyn, you were the one who mentioned this. There's a slowdown process that is required for poetry, for reading it and for writing it. That's probably where my dislike of poetry comes in, because I tend to skim as I read. But poetry has to be read slowly and preferably out loud rather so, than because there's a rhythm to poetry. And right. if you try to just skim through a poem, you miss the rhythm. So why, why might it be good? I'll ask our little counselor buddy over here, Vicki, <laughs> who is a counselor for her real job. Yeah. Um, why is slowing down perhaps a really good thing to require our teens to do sometimes? Well, yeah, that's the, the, the beauty of poetry is the required slow down. And because it makes us live in the moment, because when we're skimming and, and we're taught, you know, blog posts have to be short mm. because people will spend less than a minute and then they're on to the next thing and it's bullet points. And so it's meant like this because we're always moving to the next thing. Poetry holds you in the moment. And, you know, we Americans need to learn to live mm. right now. So that's good. It forces the, the brain to use the focus center, so the prefrontal cortex. And so that develops focus skills. And also just the, 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 like Marilyn said, the rhythm of poetry. It's rhythm is good for our brain also. So it's similar to music and it's therapeutic. There's a part of our brain that does music that's very therapeutic for the brain and the body. Helps it to feel better physically and emotionally. Cool. Win-win. So Win-win-win, yeah. All right, so give poetry a try if you have not done so um, yet. And if you feel intimidated by either reading and analyzing or by writing with your teens. We have very gentle guides mm -hmm. that will that will make that easier for you at sevensistershomeschool.com for reading and analyzing. There's British poetry and um, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats and then there are three levels of poetry writing guides so check those out. And we will be discussing more writing topics in the coming episodes because writing is such an important part of homeschooling in high school. So whether you love it or your teen loves it or whether you find it to be a struggle, um, it's really important to help your teen become confident using words and articulating ideas and understanding other people's words as well. So we're going to spend a little bit more time with it on future episodes and we hope that that will be an encouragement and a practical help to you. This has been the Homeschool High School podcast from 7sistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Mm -hmm.